Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I don't think I gave this talk before. It's a new talk, but there, I don't know if I shared the story. I shared the story of my friend and uh, Facebook recently. No, I, th- I shared it in some other place. So I, if, if you've heard some of this before, then uh, this is just a time for get beginner's mind. But uh, this is what has been bubbling up in me. So it's a new talk, but kind of uses pieces of other things that have been just going on. Um, I was with a, a very, very close friend, somebody I've known uh, my whole life, um, last month. <clears throat> and um, we were hanging out together for, uh, for a while. I was down in L.A. Um, and uh, saw her. And uh, in conversation, I, I asked her, um, hey, um, how's your ex-husband doing? And uh, she said that um, actually he had, um, he had, she had been with him, just a little background, she had been with him uh, and they were separated like oh, 40 years or so ago. So um, she was, uh, and I didn't know if she stayed in touch with him, because they'd been very close. And uh, she said, oh, you know what? He passed away um, a couple of years ago. I said, oh. And she said, well, you know, the strangest thing was I found out about it on Facebook. But what was really strange was I saw it and my first thought was, oh, that's too bad. And then she said, this is a person who I gave up my whole life for, left not only her family and friends and um, life in, uh, in New York, but left this continent and went to South America where she knew not a soul because it was the classic, passionate romance that was going to be it for her. Um, and there she was. He was... The sun and the moon, she said. And I, I wrote down her, her words. He was the sun and moon to me back when we met. And yet all that came out of her when she read the news on Facebook was, oh, that's too bad. And she meant it. Oh, that's too bad. But it was the strangest feeling, she said, watching herself, that was, that was all that came out of her. 
when this person was the love of her life and somebody who she could not live without. And she, after a, a few a couple of years in, uh, in South America, it was clear that it wasn't working out and she left um, quite, you know, shaken by it and started her whole life here. And she's had a very rich, very full life. But that was all that came out of her. She said, it was like I was watching a movie of myself and just noticing that that was the level of caring that I had now for him. And then she just said, how weird, isn't it? And as we kept on talking, we were just exploring all the people in our life and the beings in our life who are special, really special. And all the ways that the heart can be touched by these special, special people, whether it's a lover or a pet or a mentor or a dear friend or a relative. Just, it's amazing the different ways that the heart can be touched. And in each of those particular combinations. And while those beings are so special to us, the thought of losing that special person or special being would give rise to fear, dread, panic, worry. Sure that we couldn't survive if they were no longer in our life. However, in a world of change, loss is inevitable. And it's, it's woven into the very fabric of our life, as many of you are familiar with. We explored this a couple of years ago the, the Buddha's reflections to say every day, the five reflections, I will grow old, I will become sick, I will die. The fourth reflection, everything and everyone near and dear to me, I will be separated from. And then the fifth reflection is about karma, about how my actions are what cause will will create my my life but to reflect on this every day the buddha says not just oh yeah you should be aware of this fact he says think about this every day not to bum you out it's not done as a masochistic practice but It is a coming to terms with the way things are. And when we, when I think about it, I I think I have done this recently, and uh, I'll do it again. When think about our best friends that we've had in our life, 
Um, I'll, I'll ask it again this evening. Uh, think back to your best friend in, uh, in elementary school. Or your first best friend. And we'll just take a little survey. How many people are still best friends with their best friend, their first best friend? It happens from time to time. Raise your hand. There's a few. One, two. Anybody else? Was it a third one there? Two. Yeah, two. So two people out of probably about a hundred that are best friends with your best, your first best friend, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's that's extraordinary. I'm. Like I said, I'm about to go to my 50th high school reunion, and uh, we're not best best friends, but we're all going because it's been ages, and gee, it would be great to see them. So there's about five of us that are saying, oh, what the heck, let's go, because each of us said, 50th high school reunion, (laughs) can I bear it? I don't know. But then the thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to get together? And it's been ages, and I love these people. My dear old best friends. They're not my best friends now. They're good friends. The people that, the people that will always be in my heart. But the thought of losing our best friend when they are our best friend is, uh, is so disturbing and unsettling. Think of, besides the two that raised their hand, how many best friends you've had in your life? In elementary school, in maybe junior high, in high school, in college, in your uh, 20s, or, and keep on going however old you are. How many best friends have we had? Or another twist on it, how many crushes have you had in your life? <clears throat> that opens up a whole other dimension. How many that the heart, that Cupid shot his arrow, and there you were, just obsessed, if not you know, moved by someone. How many have you had? That you were sure, God, if I only got connected with this person, that would be it. Now, sometimes it happens that you, you know, if you're fortunate, you find the right person and you say, yeah, this is it. Um, And then the work begins after about, you know, two years when the dopamine wears off or you're, you know, and then you say, oh, this is the person that I said I was going to live my life with. Okay, let's get to know this person. And, and, it's a beautiful thing, but while we are hooked by that passion or connection, um, we are sure that this is the answer to our prayers. Last night, by the way, just as an aside, Jane and I um, rented Anna Karenina, the new one with Kira Knightley. I never read the book Anna Karenina, um, but, and we had been to St. Petersburg uh, this summer, and 
a friend of ours, you know, said, oh, you should rent it. It's, you know, it's, it takes place in St. Petersburg. And we were looking for St. Petersburg. They had like one scene in some snow, you know. And other than that, it, it, you know, it, it, was, it was a pretty painful movie. Uh, here's this way, if you don't know the story, Anna Karenina, Kira Knightley, you know, is obsessed. She and this guy, star-crossed lovers, who there's no way that this is going to be sustaining. She's married to this rich, upper-class Russian guy, and he's just a soldier in the army. Um, And they go through this years and years of dukkha, of suffering because they can't get over their passion and everything around them is just falling apart. Their lives are falling apart in every which way and they just don't get it, you know, that this is doomed. It's not a real upper, but... But it, but it is, uh, it is instructive. It's very instructive. <clears throat> and and it's true that some losses, you don't just move on. There are some losses that are very profound in our lives. You know, when you lose a a parent or you lose a a a love a love one a partner or you lose a child if that's you know if if that's that terrible tragedy happens to you um or you lose a pet that you've had for 12 or 15 years or whatever you know when my dog pal died it, it took a while to 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 get over and of course i'm not suggesting okay you know let's get on with it and move on you have to grieve your losses in a genuine way. But we do move on. We, we don't think we'll be able to survive, but we do survive. And not only survive, but in most cases, um, thrive. Learn new ways and new Adventures, and I, I, I put it in um, Awakening Joy in, in the in the book, the uh, chapter on suffering, on opening up to suffering. One of the most moving stories is uh, my friend Nancy, who who's getting uh, uh, who's getting married uh, next year, uh, who lost her daughter at the age of fourteen to um, to suicide. And uh, I, I tell this story, I won't go through the whole thing now, but just briefly. She came to me and uh, she sat on a retreat in February. This is like 13 years ago. And she was just holding on for dear life, just wondering if she could, if she could carry on. And it took her a few years, but at some point things changed and she she saw that the one way to make her daughter's life, uh, losing her daughter's life meaningful, was to um, to learn to process this and to uh, be there for, to get on with her life and find joy again, which her daughter would have wanted, and, uh, and be 
um, be there for other uh, parents who've lost their children, which she's done for the last, oh, eight or nine years. And this woman is radiant. And every February, as I've mentioned here before sometimes, she comes to Spirit Rock and we ring the bell 108 times to remember Julia. It's a sacred number. And she cries and we reflect. And it's not that she's over it, but that she remembers and takes it into her heart, um, the loss. But she has turned it into something um, significant. And she is a radiant being. I really love this woman who now is um, getting married to a really great guy. She's been with him for about six years or so. Um, So it's not that we don't have those losses, but it doesn't have to define us and say, oh, because this happened, I can never feel joy again. So coming to terms with loss is one of the main tasks that we have. If we don't figure it out, we go through life vigilant, fearful, anxious, continual anxiety. What if I lose this? What if I lose this? What if I lose this person? When clearly, sooner or later, you will, as the Buddha reminds us. And if we can come to terms with the fact that everything changes and there's loss, then there is appreciation, there is surrender, there is gratitude, there is joy, really, as we can more and more digest maybe in small doses and with each loss, ah oh yeah, this is, this is part, of, part of life. The other side of impermanence, of anicca, the word is in Pali, anicca, the other side of impermanence is that there is infinite creativity. It's not just about losing things. Oh, when I've lost this person and I've lost this experience and this one is gone. And it's not like there's just a vacuum, an empty space that is just getting more and more empty. That's not the way life works. Because continual impermanence means there is an ongoing creativity of newness as well as passing of things. Every loss is replaced by new people, new experiences that you never could have imagined. The the truth is here, right in front of our eyes, in every second, in every moment, things change this goes and something new takes its place. And the amazing non-stop show keeps going on. <clears throat> so the more in tune we are with that, the more we can um, really appreciate 
how that operates, appreciate the unfolding and more relax into the ride instead of going and kicking and screaming because I'm going to lose this and I'm going to lose that. Nagarjuna, great Buddhist um, master, says, it's a, a famous, famous quote, it's actually, uh, it's a paraphrase of one of the stories in uh, the Buddha's teaching. Nagarjuna wrote, greater than the highest mountains are the bones of all the lifetimes that you've lived. More than all four oceans are the tears you've shed through your many lives. Now, you might not believe in past lives Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It doesn't really matter whether you do or you don't. As, as Meninjaji, one of my teachers and Joseph Goldstein's uh, teacher used to say, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's true, but it doesn't matter. <clears throat> <clears throat> Who knows? I don't know. There, I, I, as I got more into the teachings, there was something about it that... that kind of surprised me as it made more and more sense. And the Buddha seemed to be right about a whole lot of other things, and he seemed to think there was something to it, as actually did, uh, according to, um, to, to, to scholars, Jesus also, and uh, the early uh, teachings incorporated uh, rebirth, but then it was at some point, I think it was the Council of Trent or Nicaea or one of those, it was, um, it was cut out of the, the, the church because uh, then you didn't have to <clears throat> depend on those in charge to make sure you got a good place in heaven. <clears throat> so things changed. <clears throat> anyway, whether you believe in it or not, at some point... Everything that has happened before will be gone and forgotten. Now, if you do believe in past lives, how many past lives do you remember? Maybe you get a glimpse. How many people have gotten a glimpse of, of something in their past life? Sometimes it's happened. You know, gosh, you know, like the ultimate deja vu. I think I've been here before. I've been in this, this cast of characters or this situation or whatever. But it's rare that people really remember past lives, remember it clearly. Sometimes it's happened, and I actually met somebody um, who was a very uh, highly uh, respected uh, boy when he was a boy. He's now maybe around in his 40s. Uh, I met him when he was 12, and and uh, the great monastics, um, Mahasi Sayadaw and others, uh, paid their respects to this boy who um, was a Dharma treasure. His name was Dharma Ruan, who somehow at the age of, I think it was two or two and a half, started um, chanting the Pali texts, the Pali chants, in... um, in a way that nobody was, nobody knew exactly how the chants were done, but he would spontaneously chant these chants. Had never 
you know, been taught them or practiced them. And monastics used to come, he was in Sri Lanka, used to come to visit him to hear how the chants were performed. And they kind of kept him under very um, tight wraps because they didn't want it to be, you know, the superstardom kind of a thing. But he remembered a lifetime when he was with Buddha Gosa, who was one of the great um, scholars uh, in 5th century AD. And he was a pretty pretty neat guy. He's a Dharma teacher now in Asia. And for a while, he, all he wanted to do was play soccer. And he said, you know, I don't care about this stuff. I just want to have a, have a normal life. So, um, but he remembered all this stuff. Who knows? But anyway, whether or not you relate to that, mm, everything at the end of your life will just be a wisp and distant memory. And as my friend and I were talking, uh, I had this image of being at the end of your life. You ever imagine what it's like to be at the end of your life? Of course you have. I hope you have. If you haven't, start imagining it. It's the other thing the Buddha says. You will come to the end of your life. <clears throat> Sorry to break the news to you if you hadn't been aware of it before, but you will. But anyway, this, this thought occurred to me, you know, at the end of your life, which I imagine the, the classic seeing a life review in just a few moments, just seeing all the experiences, events, relationships, people in your life just pass before you in a few moments, it seems like that's a pretty common thing to happen. That's just not. That's not just a an idea. That's that's very often what does happen. And then, just at the very last moment, big letters, the end. <laughs> you know? It's like you you went through this amazing movie. You know, Anna Karenina, only like a hundred of them. You know, maybe there, hopefully there's some joy in there too in good relationships, you know. All of these dramas, all of these joys, all of these, you know, ecstatic moments, sad moments, dramatic moments, um, life going on, graceful moments. And then just there it is, like at the end of a movie, the end, God. You get the picture? And at that moment, all of those things that meant so much to you, the end, okay, time to start fresh if you believe in lifetimes, or That's all, folks. (laughs) Now, if you can keep that in mind while you're going through your life, this is why the Buddha says to, to really keep it in mind, then you are maybe a little more apt to be here for it. Because, uh, this is something to, 
to realize, oh, this person will be gone, so let's be here for it. Oh, this moment will be gone, let's be here for it. Let's really appreciate it. And, on the other hand, let's let go when it goes. That's the, the beauty of both sides, where it comes out to you know, great gratitude and presence and letting go at the same time. That's, that's the beauty of a liberated mind, a free mind. The other side of it, the other choice would be continual vigilance, which keeps you from enjoying what's here right now, and um, you know, devastation when things are gone. And many people live their life like that. But here's this choice that we have for gratitude, fullness, and the capacity to let go and keep on moving on, that life keeps on happening, that your life doesn't have to be ending or defined by loss, no matter who it is. This is um, the Diamond Sutra, famous uh, Mahayana text. Thus shall ye think of this fleeting world, a star at dawn, a bubble in a stream, a flash of lightning in a summer cloud, a flickering lamp, a phantom, and a dream. Thus shall you think of this fleeting world, a star at dawn, a bubble in a stream, a flash of lightning in a summer cloud, a flickering lamp, a phantom, and a dream. This is the diamond sutta, the diamond cutter, cuts through all illusion and confusion. Let's get the truth. And in that, we can really enjoy the ride. I'm... I might have read this recently, but I will do it again, just in case. Um, The Dakini Speaks. I'll read it again. Have I read this recently? By Jennifer Wellwood. My friends, let's grow up. Let's stop pretending we don't know the deal here. (laughs) Or if we truly haven't noticed, let's wake up and notice. Look. Everything that can be lost will be lost. It's simple. How could we have missed it for so long? Let's grieve our losses fully like ripe human beings, but please, let's not be so shocked by them. Let's not act so betrayed as though life had broken her secret promise to us. Impermanence is life's only promise to us, and she keeps it with ruthless impeccability. To a child, she seems cruel, but she is only wild, and her compassion is exquisitely precise. Brilliantly penetrating, luminous with truth, she strips away the unreal to show us the real. This is the true ride. 
Let's give ourselves to it. Let's stop making deals for a safe passage. There isn't one anyway, and the cost is too high. We're not children anymore. The true human adult gives everything for what cannot be lost. Let's dance the wild dance of no hope. It's not written with despair. It's written, let's enjoy the ride. Let's not be so afraid to face reality. Let's just really give ourselves to it. And when the end comes, we have the satisfaction of knowing that we lived our life fully and that we did it well. Because the more present you are for it, chances are you're going to be doing your life well. My, um, my mom, as I said, my mom, uh, uh, I mentioned it here, uh, my mom passed away in June at 94, the age of 94. And it was a, a, a beautiful passing. It couldn't have gone any better. The last words, she couldn't quite make the words, but she formed them out of her mouth. And my sister and my older son and, uh, and I and her attendant were nearby. We, she opened her eyes and for a moment and we said, we love you, Mom. I love you, Grandma. I love you, Mom. And then she mouthed the words and said, I love you. I love you, too. It was clear to all of us, I love you, too. And then she went. That's a way to go, okay. But uh, at my, uh, uh, at her memorial service, I shared her words, uh, her last words, uh, because, uh, not those words, but about a month before, I was, uh, I figured, we, we both knew this is, it's coming, and uh, like my dad, who wrote his whole eulogy before he died, which I read, it was a poem about five pages long. That's, that was really something. But I said, okay, Mom, you know, <clears throat> do you want to have anything, want to have any last word at your service? She said, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so I said, okay. And she kind of, you know, I was taking it down by, with dictation, uh, it was over the phone. She, would, she was, you know, just getting her thoughts together, and uh, I'll just read to you a, a piece of it that leaves out all the all the political uh, stuff because she was very political and had her views on that. <clears throat> but this is the essence of of what she said. Mm, and and as an aside, to know as many know. She learned gratitude the last five years of her life. If you haven't seen her on YouTube, go to Confessions of a Jewish Mother, uh, How My Son Ruined My Life, uh, which is now up to 225,000 views. Um, She's very funny. Anyway, she learned gratitude the last few years of her life, and she really got into it. And this is what uh, I read at her, her end as part of her last words that she dictated to me. Just being alive 
is such a great gift that you don't really appreciate it until you're on your way out. I wish I could explain how I had the incredible life I did. I've led, it's been an incredible run. I'm so very, very blessed with this life. Then she says, blessed. It's such a small word, but it means everything. And then she said, life is a blast. I wish you all good health, good politics, and happy, li- and happy lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that's what we want to, what I would think we want to have at the end of our life, a feeling, oh, life is a blast. You know? And I was really here for it. And no regrets. She kept on saying that. I have no regrets. some of the things I thought she might have had a few regrets about. She said, nope, I've got no regrets. (laughs) Okay. But to live a life with no regrets and to know that you did it well and that you loved well and that everything in it, including the people who've gone, that's the way, that was their time. When they went, they went and realizing that we don't have to go through life hyper-vigilant and fearful, but really appreciating with gratitude and grace our life. And that's the container with which we can process this fact that everything and everyone near and dear to us will be separated from us, and we can still flourish because everything has become part of us that makes us who we are, makes us richer, more loving, more understanding, more compassionate, more wise, more peaceful. It's right there in understanding and integrating this basic fact of everything coming and going. So actually, one of the things I almost forgot that I wanted to ask you to do, just reflect for now. Close your eyes and then we can maybe have a conversation. First, reflect about your, the special people in your life who've come and gone. And what they've meant to you, how they've touched you, how they've deepened you, how they've taught you about love. Just reflect on them for a few moments with gratitude and connection. can pick any one or more than one. And perhaps you can get a a sense of 
uplift and an open heart rather than um, just feeling the uh, loss or emptiness. There's a richness if you can see that. Let yourself feel that, that richness and that gratitude. And then you might also think of all the people in your life who used to be important to you, who somehow you've lost track of. And you might have good feelings for them, but they're no longer the special ones that they were. And for a moment, honor them too, because they also were part of you learning how to love and care. But realizing that life did go on as you look at the movie in your life from the past until now. And now reflect on those in your life who are important to you right now. The mind might say, I could never go on if they weren't around. And just trying on for size. Everyone and everyone, everything near and dear to me will be separated from me someday. And just get a sense of integrating that and that your life can go on, be richer for the connection but that loss is inextricably part of life. And see if you can relax into it. And then as you reflect on it, realize these people are still in your life right now, or these beings. So um, let them know that you care. Don't miss out on what's here right now. Appreciation, gratitude, love, connection. And at the same time, being willing to let go when it's time. But since it's not time yet, celebrate that they're in your life.
was doing that today with um, with my wife, with Jane, as I was thinking about this, and I said, I do this from time to time. Oh, she's not going to be here forever. <laughs> oh, gee, she's pretty good. I think I really like being with her. You know, I gave her a big hug, and she said, "Oh, you're wondering if." How you'll be without me? <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> it's a good practice every now and then. <clears throat> so we have um, just a few moments if there's any, uh, any comment or question. Um, we can take a few moments. <clears throat> Going once, yeah. So uh, let's see. Could you pass this back to Linda? Yeah, right back. Hi, Linda. We'll be finished in a few moments if you can stay. A friend there. gave me a book of um, Put, kind of lovely meditations based on nature, and um, very short. And one of them that I especially like is be the leaf, fall gracefully to the earth when it's time to let go. Mm. Who is it? Who's that? I'm not sure. Uh Be the leaf, fall gracefully to the earth when it's time to let go. Okay, let's um, let's close with a, a loving kindness. And hopefully this didn't depress you, but maybe uplift you. Uh, and uh, let's not miss out on our life. It's pretty amazing. You know, precious, precious human birth, exceedingly rare. Let's be here for it. So mm, just reflect on the fact that you're alive. However that happened, here you are. How amazing, like I said last week, Emaho. And appreciate this mind and body and send some kind thoughts to it. May I experience life fully with gratitude and an open heart. May I feel all the gifts I have inside and share them well. And may I awaken to the highest happiness, liberated mind and heart. And then sharing it with everyone here and with all beings. May all learn to process their losses and open to gratitude, appreciation, and a heart that can let go.
may all see through their fears and let their love shine out and touch others. May all awaken to their true nature. And may our coming together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all find the highest happiness and peace. Enjoy your week. See you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.